We give you glory, honor, and praise that we have been crucified with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to um, go over briefly what we went over last Tuesday because I believe that part of the frustration, the worry, the anxiety, the resentment, and all of these things that I have been going over, the anger, is in the heart. It starts with the heart, and this is why I want to go over this teaching on the heart, because things that we harbor in our heart comes out of our mouth. And sometimes we may not open our mouth to say really what's in our heart, but the expression on our faces, the way we express ourselves, it lets people know, get out of my face, don't say nothing else. Leave me alone. So sometimes you may not say anything, but your expression that you have is coming from your heart. I know my husband would tell me, do you know how your face looks? No, do you know how it looks? Y'all know what I mean? Do you know how you look when you said that? Sometimes we do give looks when somebody asks you something because sometimes you're like, you don't know why I look that way? Have y'all ever been like that? When somebody asks you a specific thing, you will say to yourself, you don't know why I look that way. Maybe it's because of what you said I gave you a reaction. That's what happens. And sometimes some of this stuff that's happening, we need to find out why does it happen. Not just sweeping it up under the rug. We got so many people that's in here tonight that have swept so much up under the rug and they're using, I'm so humble. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're trying to be something you're not because you got a lot of stuff that's hidden up under that rug and you think that you're really humbling yourself, but deep on the inside, your flesh is cringing. Let's just be honest. You trying to smile like, okay, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. But deep down on the inside, you're like, I want to kill you. I'm tired of dealing with you, but you're acting like it's okay. But it's not okay. Let's just be real. And let's quit trying to say we're depending on the Holy Spirit when we're really quenching him. When we're really grieving him because he want to help us, but we, we're hiding behind things and we're trying to be, really we're being a hypocrite. Because we use the Lord and, and try to act like, you know, I'm going to the Lord about it and I'm really okay, but you're not okay. And that's what the Lord want. He know your heart. And people that in the spirit, they know that you're faking it to make it because eventually you're going to blow up like a cannon. All the stuff that you done put in there, you get to the point of you saying, I can't take it no more. I've been dealing with this. I've been trying to humble myself. That's the problem. You've been trying to do it instead of letting the Holy Spirit help you. And we need to quit saying, I wouldn't be so frustrated if you... Well, leave me alone. 
My frustration comes from you always messing with me. No, it didn't. Something was already there. And that person that keep pushing your buttons just brought forth what was already there, including what they were doing. But some people do talk about it. Some people do tell people, this is how you make me feel. Have we ever gotten to that point? We just want to just tell them, this is how I feel. And they, you start pouring out just like a river. You start pouring out. And some of us can't even talk about it from crying because we've been holding it in so long. And everything ended up coming out. And then the person look at you and say, I never knew you felt like that. You hurt me so much because I never knew you felt like that towards me. And the reason why is because when things first begin, that's when we need to talk about it. We do not need to wait till a month down the road or a year or two years or whenever and bring back up stuff that you think a person's supposed to remember when they didn't think they did no wrong. That don't make no sense. So all this frustration, all this anxiety, all this anger, all this resentment, all this stuff is coming from what's already in you. It hurts that you have harbored. Some of us have still have church hurts that we haven't dealt with from the past. So when you come into a church that just like this church rooting up and tearing down and building up, people get mad because you're seeing stuff that was left there that wasn't dealt with. So when you begin to teach on these things, people get mad and say, why you put me out there? Did I call your name? No, what's happening is things that you hid. They're coming up through the teaching that's being taught. And the enemy wants you to blame somebody. Why? Because in the Garden of Eden, everybody had to blame somebody except the serpent. The serpent didn't blame nobody. He got what he wanted. The enemy used the serpent. So, hey, he didn't put no blame on nobody. So we need to look at ourselves, just like I said in Psalms 139, Lord, search me. You need to deal with you before you always pointing fingers at somebody else. We always try to come back at somebody when somebody want to tell us something about us. But have y'all noticed this? Real bold people now. When you come at somebody or you giving them what you know they need, sometimes they'll come and slap you back in the face. Well, you did it. When did I do it? I don't recall. Well, I recall. Well, why didn't you address it? So see, some people want to slap you because you slapped them. But you didn't slap them to cause them any harm. You were telling them something that you know that they would need based on what's going on in their lives. So we want to talk about the heart because God knows your heart. And I went over Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. And I'm going to start again with that because it says, my son, attend to my words. That word attend there means to pay attention. When you pay an attention to something, that means that you're listening to um, what somebody is saying. That's why that next part of that verse says, incline thine ear unto my sayings. So my son, attend to my words. What words is this? This is God's words. This is David talking to what Solomon, what he's doing. He's talking to his son. He's not only talking to his son, but he's talking to all of us. And he's saying, 
my son, attend to my words. So evidently the words that he was speaking were very important because he said, I want you to incline your ear to my saying. So that intend means to listen closely. So when you pay an attention, you listen in so closely that the ear, it just actually just reaches out to wherever that person is talking or whatever is going on around you. So he's saying, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings. And it said, let them not depart from thine eyes. That means don't lose sight of them. Keep them in your mind. So if I'm paying attention to what God is saying, these are God's words. It must be so important dealing with God's words because he's starting out, you know, with attend attend to my words. But if you read the first part of Proverbs chapter 4, he was talking to, he was explaining how David was bringing him up when he was young and tender. When you're young and tender, your heart is pliable. This is why when it comes to our children, this is what I hate so much with parents. A parent want to wait till a child get grown to try to tell them something. You don't do that. You have to bring them up when they're in your womb. Now, let me say this. Some of us were were not saved when we was carrying our children, but... I'm going to tell you this. I guarantee you every last one of us in this room was around a saved person when we were carrying our child. We went to church. I guarantee it. We heard older people talk or somebody was around you to give you the word of life. Am I wrong? All of us had to hear it. All of us even knew right from wrong what to do and what not to do, correct? Because those commandments was already there. So we had no excuse even if we were not saved. We still knew right from wrong and we want to bring our children up the right way. So when they're little, their hearts are pliable. That means they're going to grasp it real quick. So that's why you talk to your children about the word of God as they're coming up. So when they get older, it won't depart. It won't leave them. They're going to remember what mama, daddy said, what grandmother, grandfather said, my aunts and uncles said. You're going to remember those things because your heart is so pliable. It's so tender. So David was getting it in Solomon at a young young age he wasn't waiting until Solomon got grown and said now sit down let me tell you what thus says the Lord he done got so much in him by that time that the evil is going to outweigh the good so this is why you have to be raised up at a young age where your heart is so pliable where it gets in you have y'all seen like daddy said babies come out now with their eyes open watching tv Playing on the cell phones early. Come on, one-year-old. My one-year-old Jada. Y'all, I got a video. This is no lie. She went in the bedroom, clicked on the radio, and I ain't never seen a baby at that age work her behind like that. She was just all in and keeping up with the beat. Young age. And that's why whatever we do, Whatever we say, we're making a deposit in somebody's life. This is why he gave it to Solomon when he was so young, when his heart was so tender. He was giving him the word of God, the word of life. And he was telling him, I want you to retain these words. 
I want you to retain them in your heart. I want you to keep them in your heart. He was telling him this is where they need to be kept. So when he get over to verse 20 on down to 23, you can understand why. So when you don't understand a thing and how important it is, you just think you don't need it. Some of us, when we was growing up, we were taught more of the world than we were taught more about God. So we didn't think we needed God. We think that we thought that we had everything we needed. Because we saw more of the world than we saw God in our homes. This is why we have to introduce God to our children at an early age. Not waiting until they get older and then now we want to say, let me tell you what God have to say to you. Do you know how much evil you got to go through now? Do you know how much prayer and speaking the word and, you know, doing what you got to do? But when you raise them up in that way, oh man. They will grab hold quickly because they're going to know the difference. So he said, let them not depart from thine eyes. That means you don't want them to slip from your mind. You don't want them to slip. How do you keep something from not slipping by meditating on that stuff? How many of y'all, when you were in school, I'll just say some of us. When we had a test, the teacher gave us what we needed before the test So now it's time to study for the test so we can pass the test, right? So how many of us, we take notes, we get out the notes, we prepare ourselves for that test. Now, if we were preparing all along, we wouldn't have to cram in one night. Y'all, I was like a crammer. I was like, I ain't got time for that. So I'll wait to the night of the test and I'll be like, I do a little bit of this, I do a little bit of that. Long as I pass, if I get a D, it's better than an E. Come on, let's just be honest. I knew I could do it, but I just didn't want to apply myself. Now, my sister was different. Whatever the teacher taught, she would meditate on it as she would go along. So when it was time for the test, the day of the test, she didn't have to sit there and try to cram everything in because she took bits and pieces and was meditating on it as she went along. So when the test came, everything would come together. So when you take the word of God in order for it not to slip, The more you meditate on it, the more you focus on the things of God. That's what meditation is. You focusing on the things of God so much that you don't let them slip. They're staying before you. Whatever God's words say, that's what you're doing. So as you keeping it, as you focusing on it, guess what you're doing? You're keeping it. You're taking heed to it. You observing it. Anything you focus on, Tyson, you taking heed to it. You observing it. Just like my husband with the lawnmower. He is so in tone with Kubota that he know when to grease it. He know when to change those, um, what you call those things? Blades and um, something else. Belt, see Jennifer in tone too. He know when it's time to do this. He know when it's time to do that because he, he ain't let nothing slip. When he hears a sound that ain't right, he say that's off. That got to be taken care of because he has come so much in relationship, y'all, with Kubota. That he don't need to take his Kubota nowhere to let nobody do nothing that he can do himself. Because he have taken the time to get to know his lawnmower. He can tell you if somebody said, this is, oh no, that ain't it. Because he took the time. He's not letting it slip. 
He's keeping it before him. So when we keep the word of God before us, we're taking heed to it. We're not letting it slip. We're observing it. And that's when we keep it in the midst of our heart. Keep mean to observe, to take heed. So because I have not let the word of God slip, I have stayed focused on the word of God. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to observe it. I'm going to take heed. And it's going in the midst of my heart. But then this is why. Because it is life unto those that find them. Who are those that find them? The ones that don't let it slip. The ones that pay attention. The ones that incline their ear. The ones that listen closely. Those are those that have found life. They realize that the word is what's going to quicken them. The word is what's going to give them what they need. So... They said it's life unto those that find them and it's medicine, it's health to all their flesh for anything going on in your life. The word of God is going to bring life and it's going to bring medicine to every area of your life. But then he goes on to say, keep thine heart. That means watch over and protect it. That first keep means you taking heed to it. You observing it. It's in the midst of your heart. Because you took heed to it. You observing it. So it's deep within. It's taking root in your heart. But now you still got to watch over it and protect it. He said keep thine heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Life has went into the, your innermost being. And this is not all that Proverbs is saying. Because when you begin to break it down even more, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I just had to go back over that. This is why he tells you that it's life unto all those that find it. He tells you that it's health to all flesh. Then he says we have to watch over it. We have to protect it. And this is why. Verse 24. I'm reading out that expanded. Listen at verse 24. This is why that we have to watch over it and protect it. Don't use your mouth to tell lies. Have nothing to do with a perverse mouth. Don't ever say things that are not true. Keep loose lips far from you. Let me read it again. Don't use your mouth to tell lies. Have nothing to do with a perverse mouth. Don't ever say things that are not true. Keep loose lips far from you. So... We have to guard our heart. We have to protect our heart. And the way that we do it is through what we're hearing. I'm going to talk about some gateways tonight. You have a gateway of hearing. You have a gateway for seeing. And you have a gateway with your mouth. There's three gateways. Your hearing, your seeing, and your mouth. So one gateway that they're talking about, that he's talking about, Solomon, is the gateway to your mouth. Now, we talked about your mouth in Matthew 12, 24. Listen at what the word of God says in 12, 24. We know it says, out of the abundance of your heart, what speaks? Your mouth speaks. Out of what? The abundance of your heart, what speaks? Your mouth So what we have to do, we have to watch, first of all, what we hear. Whatever you hear that is not good and you keep focusing on what you're hearing, you're going to make a deposit in your heart. Then it's going to come out of your what? Your mouth. 
So the first thing is faith come by hearing, hearing come by what? The word of God. Why am I saying all of this when we went over resentment, anxiety, frustration, um, all of these things we went over, anger? Why am I using these scriptures? Because all of this come through what we've been paying attention to. All of this, this frustration, all of this anger, this resentment, everything we went over is based upon what we've been focusing on. What we heard, for instance, Jennifer Simpson, if she heard something on her job and she didn't um, guard her thoughts or say, wait a minute, no, I'm not going to receive that. But every day she was hearing the same thing, but she done nothing with it. Let's say she heard on her job that they said that five people were going to get fired. And she didn't, you know, she kept hearing the gossip. She kept hearing the gossip. Every day she go in, she hear the gossip. She didn't counter-react it. She didn't cast it down. She didn't do nothing with it. So she's thinking, the enemy is saying, one of them five is you. One of them five is you. One of them five is you. And then she's saying, I've been here for 30 years, and they're going to try to fire me? I, I done gave them all these years and they're going to try to fire me. She didn't do nothing with that, with what she heard. So she's meditating on that thing. She's, she's focusing on it. Now she's beginning to see herself not having a job. So the people that she's working around, they're noticing she's not the same person. So they'll say, Jennifer, why are you so frustrated? Why you get so angry? the way that you do why are you acting you you don't act like the same person and you don't either see she allowed what she heard to put her in a place that she wasn't in before so this is why it says don't use your mouth to tell lies have nothing to do with perverse mouth don't ever say things that are not true keep loose lips far from you so let's say Jennifer went home, she started talking to Tyson, she started saying, Tyson, it's going to be five people they're going to let go, and I believe I'm one of them ones that they're going to let go. And Tyson is saying, now, did they tell you that, Jennifer? They didn't have to tell me, I already know. And Tyson is saying, well, Jennifer, you know out the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if they didn't tell you these things, how did you come up with the conclusion? Well, you always act like you know, Mr. Preacher. Well, what you getting mad at me for? Because you ain't listening. I'm trying to tell you I am one of the ones. So what do you hear? You hear frustration? Do you hear an anxiety? You hear anxiety? Do you hear a little bit of anger? So where did all this stem from? What she heard. She did not guard her ear gate. Some of us take the first thing we hear and we run with it. Instead of checking in with the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this? Let me tell you how we can run with stuff and how worry can come quick, fast, and in a hurry. I was telling my husband today, normally every morning I would text my daughter and I would say good morning. And when I had texted her this morning, um, I noticed time went by. And it was like 30, 35 minutes. And I said, that's not like her. She's supposed to already have texted me back. So 
in my mind, I'm coming up with conclusions. I'm coming up with, okay, she haven't texted me back because she's probably looking at a video at work and she don't have time to text me. But then I'm investigating. I'm saying, no, that's not like her. She'll normally text me back, even if she's watching a video. So then I just said, wait a minute. I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? Why haven't she texted me? Holy Spirit said, because she went to bed late and she's sleeping in. I said, okay, no problem. It wasn't even five seconds. I got a text from my daughter. I went to bed late and I slept in, but I'm up now. Tell me the Holy Spirit won't talk. But guess what I had to do? I had to not take in what I thought. Because see, that was my way of thinking. This is why so many people are angry, frustrated, half full of anxiety because you're taking in what you thinking instead of listening to what the spirit, the word of God has to say. If you don't take the time to hear what the word has to say, then you will be anxious. You will be frustrated. You will get angry because you got a lot of stuff bottled up that you've been thinking about, that you've been meditating on. Listen at this other verse dealing with the mouth. So we know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Go with me to Psalms 141.3. Listen at what this says. I love this one. Living Bible. I love this one here. Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut. Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. Now, let me give you an example here. Everybody got lips, right? These are your lips out on the outside of your mouth. Your mouth is what you open, right? Watch me. What's happening? My lips are what? Closed. They're sealed. So what is the psalmist saying here? (laughs) Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth. The Holy Spirit will help you to keep your mouth shut because he will seal them lips for you if you want them to be sealed. Some of us are so angry so frustrated have so much resentment of what people have done or what you thought they have done you ain't gonna shut your mouth or even when you shut in your mouth you're blowing up on the inside you're like a fight i seal my lips but i i still don't like you so you're still harboring stuff now you're becoming bitter instead of becoming better so we can get some help if we want it But some people are so stubborn that they think they know everything and you can't tell them nothing. That comes through pride. People don't want to come down. They don't want to humble themselves because they think they're right and you're wrong. When you really humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God, you will be exalted in due season. Meaning that whatever you say or whatever you do, it don't affect me because I know who I am in him. So if you think I'm wrong, hey, I'll be wrong because God only knows. And it's not, and when you really truly humbling yourself, your flesh is not cringing. 
When you humble yourself, you ain't having these crazy thoughts in your mind. You can walk free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed because you know the truth and the truth has set you free. So I don't have to dictate to you nothing to make me feel good. I know who I am. You're not frustrating me. Go on. And you have so much peace in it. Let's just say, help us, Lord. Because people, people, we need to quit lying. Because I got another one for you. I'm still at Proverbs 23. Well, I'm at 24 now. But I'm going to give you another one, another gateway. Listen at this one, y'all. 25. Keep, it say keep, your eyes focus on what is right or straight ahead and look straight ahead to what is good. Your eyelids on what is in front. Now we're going to talk about the eye. When we look at the eye, do y'all know the eye, the ears, they're a gateway to your heart. The enemy knows this. I'm going to go back to the Garden of Eden first of all. The enemy knew If I can get your eyes off of God, that's going to take your focus off of what's good, and I'm going to put it on what's evil. Is that not what he done? First of all, he used the hearing. He used the gateway of hearing. He began to say, did God really say? That's the gateway to hear, right? So after he did that, what did he do? Then she began to tell him, what God said and added a little bit to it. But then he said, did God really say? Then he went on to get her focus on something God did not want her to focus on, which was the tree of knowledge and good and evil. God just wanted her focus to be on the tree of life and live forever. But he said, I got to take your focus off of what's good and I got to put your focus on what's evil. So did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? So all of a sudden she's looking at the tree. And as she began to focus on that tree, the Bible says she saw it was good. So whatever you focus on, the enemy going to make you feel like it's good when it's not. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Help you with the eye. Go to Psalms 103.3. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. This is what the psalmist is saying. I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise works of evil people. And anything that moves my heart away from you, I will not let evil hold me in its grip. Do y'all hear that? Let me read it again. I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise works of evil people. And anything that moves my heart away from you, I will not let evil hold me in his grip. Anything that you focus on outside of, I'm reading out the Passion Translation. It's Psalms 103, verse 3. Psalms 103, verse 3. Passion Translation said a little different. Y'all don't see that? I'm sorry. Let me go look it up. Everybody looking confused. See, I see y'all continents. Y'all looking very, I'm saying, wait a minute, ain't the right scripture. I'm 101. See, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I said 103, didn't I? 
See, Holy Spirit said, look at it again. 101 verse 3. Y'all better speak up. Y'all eyes looking all funny, looking at each other, looking every which way. I'm like, something ain't right. Let's read 101 verse 3 in King James. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Guess what, y'all? The eye is a gateway to your heart. Whatever you focus on, when you focus on something, what happens is you begin to form something based on what you focused on. The more focus you give to evil, the more you begin to carry out evil. I don't care how saved you are. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to become. Whatever a man thinks in his heart is what he becomes. The enemy know this. Did he not keep talking to Eve where Eve focused on something that God told her she couldn't have. But the more focus she focused on that tree, the more Eve say, I can be just like God. She looked at the tree as being something that it was not. So passion translation again say, I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise works of evil people and anything that moves my heart away from you. I will not let evil hold me in his grip. Facebook is evil. And it moves your heart away from him. Don't tell me it don't. Because when you go on Facebook, it is rejection all over Facebook. When you see what somebody else is doing, then you feel like you need to be doing what they're doing. You need to be acting like they're acting. You need to be going where they're going. You need to be looking like they're looking. Oh, they lost weight. I need to lose weight. You putting your focus. And y'all better understand who the inventor of Facebook is. The inventor of Facebook did a lot of things that he should not have been doing to get Facebook. You better know what's behind what you gravitating to. So what we're doing when we go up there and we look at ungodly stuff, don't say you ain't looking at no ungodly stuff. Because whoever you connect to on Facebook that's ungodly and you looking at their feeds and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And you looking at women that look not like, you know, your wife is looking. You're gazing on evil stuff. So many people have got so in tone with Facebook they can't even shut it down. They know how to get on it with their eyes closed. They know how to work it real good. <laughs> so he said, I refuse to gaze. Do y'all know what gaze means? You just staring. Oh, Lord. All of us gaze sometimes. What? So you don't put that before your eyes. This is how you keep your heart, y'all. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. Everything about God is what? It's good. So you don't want no bad to come before you and you focusing on it so much that it outweigh the good that's already in you. You got to keep it far from you. Let's do another one with those eyes. Let's look at Matthew six nineteen through 23. Matthew six nineteen through 23. Let me read the Passion Translation again. 
Don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Anything that you harbor up on the earth, the earth is not good. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. So what he's saying here, we don't store up things here on this earth. Because everything dealing with what's on this earth is dealing with the world. It is evil. So you don't try to do what the world is doing. It is evil. You don't put your focus on worldly things. You don't put the world before the kingdom. So we're supposed to store up what's in heaven. That means your focus is supposed to be on what? What's in heaven, not what's on this earth. My focus don't supposed to be on what Renee has. Just because Renee has it don't mean I'm supposed to have it. My focus don't supposed to be on. This is what I we was having a discussion when we was eating dinner. And we was talking about styles. You know how people come up with different styles, uh, different ways of dressing, different ways of looking. Can I ask y'all a question? What is your style? Did anybody know their own style? Did anybody know how they want to look? Or do you go on another look and think you're supposed to look like that? You ain't shaped like that. You can't wear them britches like they wear them. Your body ain't shaped like theirs to get in that. Skinny jeans, please. Stay out of skinny jeans when you know you like this. Ain't nothing skinny about that. That ain't your style. Quit trying to be a stylish of the world and be whom God created you to be and put on who you are. Because when you put on who you really are, you're not going to wear in and everything because somebody else is wearing it. You don't keep up with the styles of the world because guess what? They keep changing. Y'all didn't know. Be who you are and you'll find right amongst them clothes what you need to put on outside of what somebody else wants you to do. Because everybody don't look the same in everything. Quit letting people dress you. Be who you are. People try to keep up with other people. Can I tell y'all something? People change. They go from one extreme to another. It's never enough. Have y'all noticed that? It's never enough. That's old. I need to change that. I need to go with the new. Yeah, we do want new things, y'all, but we don't want to keep up. We want to have our vision based on heaven. Not based on what everybody else is doing. We want it to glorify God. So when people walk in your homes, it ain't about you. It's about him. He may have you to put one thing over there to the side. One thing. And when people walk in there, say, oh, that looks so good. But a person who's so full of the world be like, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't right. But God know. Because you're doing what he told you to do. I remember when I first started up in here. And God was telling me how he wanted it. Somebody come, we were standing right back there. They looked at me and they said, I would do it like this. I said, well, when God give you the, uh, your own ministry, then you do that. I said, it just is nice and plain and beautiful. No hard feelings. When in the next building, the same person was over there in the next building when God had 
told us how we was going to do that building. I said, why are you taking down them curtains? Because this person told me that that didn't look right. I said, put it back up. They don't tell you what to do up in here. I'm so sorry. I said, no, it's okay. But that's not what you were told. They don't run nothing up in here. See, that's what the devil does. Because I'm going by what God wants. I don't go by what the world wants, y'all. So whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it, whether people like it or not. Because it's going to show him and it's not going to show me. Because it's not about everything being so beautiful that you can't see what you got. Come on, y'all. You want to be able to walk in a place and come on in. Take a seat. Because it ain't about the, the chair. It's about him. So if you have stuff so lavish, people will be like, they ain't paying attention to God. Oh, 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 oh. Do you see that? Oh, oh, oh. It's so much you can't get it all in. Who's it about then? Who's it about? We made it about us. Not about him. So when we storing up these treasures here on earth, they're going to rust, aren't they? But when we store up things that are in heaven, our focus is on heavenly things and they last throughout eternity. So that's what that verse is saying, but it's not through even with that verse. Listen at this here. It says, instead stockpile heavenly treasures. For yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. So listen at verse 21. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Your heart is going to always pursue that. See, this is how I see things. If I have always been stuck on, I can't have nothing but this. And if somebody's giving me something else from their heart, and I'm like, and I'm looking down on it, I don't want that. That's just not me. I'm too proud. I'm too haughty. Because my heart is stuck on lavish stuff. Don't you dare bring that to me. That's something that I just don't deal with. We got to check our hearts to see where our hearts are. We got to make sure that our heart is not stuck on earthly it have to be on heavenly. So wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures. Don't get me wrong. We don't want nobody bringing us tore up stuff either. You don't want nobody bringing you tore up stuff and expect you to put it on the wall. No, you don't. That's not what I'm saying. So if, if y'all have any questions, please see me after. Because some people looking at me one-sided. If you don't understand, I will give you more understanding. And then it says, verse 22, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation. So this is what this is saying. Let me read, uh, go to Matthew 6. Y'all already there. I was reading out the uh, Passion Translation, but I want to read this part out of King James. Matthew 6. Listen at this verse um, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you're thinking more on earthly things than you're thinking on heavenly things, that's where your treasure is and that's where your heart is going to be. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore that eye be single, that whole body shall be full of light. That means if I'm focused on heavenly things, guess what? My body is going to be full of light. That represents heaven. That means there's nothing else there but heaven. 
But it says, when my eye is evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So he's letting us know our focus can't be on worldly things. If you focus on worldly things, that's darkness. And guess what's going to come out of you? Darkness, not light. When you focus on heaven, what's coming out of you is heaven. God's word represents light. So you have to watch what you focus on because whatever you focus on, it's either going to bring light or it's either going to bring darkness. If you focus on evil before your eyes, if you're watching stuff like pornography, if you're watching all of this stuff, it is evil. And guess what's going to happen? That's what's going to come out of you. That's what's going to be your reactions. Why? Because you're making a deposit in your heart and your mouth is going to sound just like where you've been and what you've been focusing on. Another one, we know this one, Matthew 5. And it's talking about 528. But I say unto you that whosoever look on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. That means if a man look on a woman, I'm going to say a woman on a man, both ways. If a man is looking on a woman and he keep looking at that woman, he saw her that first time. And I have to use Jamie. I just love the illustration how him and Kim went to the movies and a woman was up there and Jamie's eyes was closed. And Kim wondered why his eyes was closed. Oh, I love it, Jamie. That's why I have to use it. He said, I don't want to see no other woman but you. Who does that? Now, I went to the movies with my son, my husband, and his cousin. We didn't know how the movie was going to be, but when it come on, I saw behind, I saw boobs, and I'm like, let's go. Three men still sitting there like they just stuck. I say, if you don't come on here, I'm coming. What like Jamie? He was finna get whooped in that movie. I believe my husband was just stunned to say, what in the world we done done here? But my son and his cousin, oh, they had some lust of the eyes. But Jamie said, I just love it. I don't want to see no other woman but you. That ain't nothing but the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to put nothing before his eyes that would misrepresent who he's married to. That's how we should be, men and women. God did give you eyes. He gave you parenthetical vision as well. Men, quit playing. You act like you're looking straight ahead and parenthetical vision is following that woman everywhere. <laughs> then you try to look out the, review, the mirror while you're driving. Just look. Because that's what you want to do. Right, honey? <laughs> I can pick on my husband. And then act like, what you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? Why, why you men scared to say, I did look, but I don't want that. <laughs> that's your nature, you men. But don't lie and say, you ain't looking and you done saw it. What you say, Julia? <laughs> say, man, it better lie. 
Man to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. <laughs> but when you look at a man or a woman, that picture is before your eyes. And if you don't get rid of that picture, it's going to go in your heart. And you're going to be like David was with Bathsheba. Because David was a man. Do y'all know about David? He was a king. He didn't go out to battle that day. David wanted to stay home. He looked and he saw Bathsheba bathing. Now, why do they want to name her Bathsheba? She was bathing Bathsheba. And he's going to look at her. He must have looked at her a long time. Because the next thing you knew, he wanted to find out who she was. He found out she was married. He found out who her, her father was. But he still had to have her. Why? Because he looked at her and there's a look of lust in men's eyes. When y'all are in the spirit, you only have to be in the spirit. Because one man, one man was telling us, he said, <laughs> he know how to go into these clubs and look at women. Remember that? Say so he can look at them and know he got them. He says a certain look that you can look. If you gaze at a man or woman long enough, you will become lustful. You will. If you gaze at your husband or wife in their eyes long enough, you becoming lustful. But some of you is becoming sleepy. You just close your eyes. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm getting some sleep tonight. Close your eyes. Turn this way. <laughs> so David, he became so lustful that he ended up committing what? Adultery. And it went farther than that. So what am I saying? All this frustration, all this anger, all this resentment, all of these things that is popping up is because we're carrying it in our heart and we have not allowed the word of God to come in and uproot all of this stuff that we had for years. And y'all please quit blaming it on this stuff that happened for years. You should be over this. Why are you not over it? It's because you're not taking the word of God for what it is. When you take the word of God for what it is, you will be less frustrated day by day. Because the word of God is going to come in and it's light. And it's going to do what? Take over darkness that's in you, that's in your heart. It's going to move it out the way. So the way I used to feel about you, I don't feel about you no more. Why? Because I'm in the word of light. My frustration is not like it used to be. My tolerance is not like it used to be. Why? Because I fell in love. And I know how to act now because I have been in the word of God, the word of life. If you're still treating each other some kind of way and your tone have not changed, it's because you haven't been in here long enough. Because light supposed to overpower darkness. So if you're not in the light, which is the word of God, which gives you life, you're going to keep having these Things that you're having and how you coming at people. It's no way. The more you hold stuff in, what's going to come out of you is death. Because you really, how many get so tired and fed up with certain people? Let's just be honest. You try to give them chance after chance after chance. And the more chance you try to give them, seem like the worse they get. And you just keep it bottled up inside. And all of a sudden, you just fire out of your mouth. I can't take it no more. You disgust me. 
hate you. Where did all that come from? Everything you've been bottling up. Because you will say, I'm all right. It's okay. God got it. I love you. But you're lying. Because you don't want to deal with them. Some people stay away from people. Because they don't want to deal with them. So the more they stay away from them, they feel like they're free. But you got to deal with whatever is dealing with you so you can deal with others. And it comes through the word of God. So everything we've been going over is a matter of the heart. It's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And if it's based on evil, that's what's going to come out of your mouth, darkness. If it's based on light, which is coming from God, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. So it's wherever you've been. So whatever you, wherever you've been is what you're going to be talking about. You can tell how frustrated a person is because they never shut up. They just go over it, over it. How many times do we go over stuff over and over and over and over again? You know what we're doing? We're letting out frustration. Not with that person, but with somebody you can talk to about what that person did. Why aren't we letting out life and talking about, you know what? God loves them. God got his hands on them. And the more we speak life over them, guess what? Things will begin to change around us and in us. Y'all, let's quit lying to one another. Let's be open. Let's be honest, first of all, with ourselves and say, God, search me and see what's in me. Because until you do that, you're going to come back with the same stuff that you keep saying you're sorry for. When you're godly sorry, people ain't seeing that same stuff. They're seeing a change. And you're not acting like you change when you know you truly haven't changed. You're not acting like trying to get along with somebody when you really don't want to get along with them. Your heart ain't right. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And when somebody asks you something and you come back and you get offended over something simple that they ask you, it's because you're harboring guilt in you that you haven't gotten over dealing with certain situations. So just because they ask you that question, now you're throwing it all on them, acting like they've done something to you and they ain't done anything. Y'all, we got to check our hearts. Amen. Anybody have anything they want to say dealing with the heart before we close? Anyone had a situation that they want to share that could help somebody dealing with the heart? Joe Clark. Okay. Anyone? Everybody good? Come on, Kathy. Okay. Yeah, you need the mic. They need to hear you online. Yes, I just have a disclaimer. I, I don't. It all, it all deals with the heart, you know, because you have to deal with it every day. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I need to let people know that I have not put my husband out in no parking lot. <laughs> have I felt like putting him out? Yes. <laughs> have I threatened to put him out? Absolutely. But did I put him out? No. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, I did. Yes, you did. 
in my mind. She put him out in her mind, so he was already <laughs> out. Even though he—that's my teaching right there. You did good. You did good. That's what I've been teaching about. Thank you, Kathy. Yes, and then also one we did a long time ago. Some of you wasn't here. Now, when I called, talked about his bald head, I love my husband's bald head. I encourage him to shave his hair off, and he loved my anatomy. Amen. Now, see, Kathy felt like she needed to explain that. Could somebody tell me why Kathy felt like she needed to explain what I went over last week? Can somebody help us with that? It's a teaching. Anybody? Jennifer, come on. You can come next. I can remember a long time, they are so good at doing these skits. And a lot of times, whatever she'd be teaching on, when somebody would do a skit, you could tell when it got real, like it come from somewhere, and it would be like the switch went on. And I mean, it would be so real. And they would go at it. <laughs> and it was funny because it was making a point, and as as how we do. And I don't know if that was, you know... That time has been so long ago now, man. But y'all were, y'all were making it real. I'll say it like that. Y'all were making it real. Now, what I'm saying is, Kathy came up and she was talking about what I addressed last week, dealing with her and her husband about the bald head and how what he said about her, and then she wanted to address again about the skit she did to make sure y'all wasn't thinking that she really put her husband out. Why would she bring that back up? Okay, what, Quana? Why would she think that y'all believed it was true? She heard, did you, was the enemy making you feel like they thought that you really put him out. But some people. Okay. She felt like some people that was coming up to her felt like that's what she did. So she wanted to address that to clear that up. This is what I'm saying. We have to grab hold the moment the enemy tell us something that's not true. We got to address it right then. Because if we don't, he's going to add more fuel to the fire. He's going to keep adding to it and you're going to be seeing something that's not really happening. Not saying she's seeing something that's not happening. But those are some of the things that I'm talking about. Grabbing hold. But what I was talking about with Kathy... Kathy say, did I feel like putting him out? She, you already put him out. Not physically, but you saw yourself dropping him off. She said, oh, yeah, that's my teaching. You just wrapped it up, Kathy. Remember I said that if a man looks on a woman in his heart, he's already done committed adultery. If he lusts after a woman in his heart, Kathy brought that out for me. Kathy say, I didn't literally put him out, but in my mind, he was already out. What stopped her? What stopped you, Kathy? He wouldn't get out the car. 
नाम फेंके बट यू हैड ऑलरेडी प्रसिव्ड इट फ्रेंड इन इन योर माइंड आई एम पुट यू आर हियर एंड देन यू शट अप कैन आई सेइंग नथिंग एल्स नो बट I'm just using her for an example to say what I just taught she just said. I thought about it. I didn't do it, but I thought about it. Do you see how your thoughts can get you in a world of trouble? She didn't do it, but she thought about it. So we got to cast down those things before we make them reality because if we don't cast them down, eventually we're going to say, "Get out." I did it. I got so fed up with my son I was in my word. He wanted to cut up on me. I hit that desk after I told my husband, "You got to meet him where he at, honey. You you got to meet him where he at now. All that loud talking you be doing don't make no sense. Just meet him where he's at." That day. Can somebody say that day? I met him where he was at. Get out of my house, leave everything, go out butt naked cuz you ain't by nothing. just get out guess what was happening i thought i had everything the way it needed to be but i was still harboring stuff in me concerning my son and i told him to get out and don't take nothing with him as soon as i sat back down the holy spirit said no you're wrong i had to call him back y'all and apologize and then we could really talk about it I couldn't leave him out there like that. What am I telling you? I dealt with it then. I didn't let him sleep somewhere for weeks before I told him I was wrong. We let stuff last for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then when a person truly want to tell us, I'm sorry, we don't believe them because we done harbored so much in our heart that a person is truly saying, I'm so sorry. But can I tell y'all something? a person that don't know Jesus the way you know him is not going to understand the way you supposed to understand when they keep doing stuff over and over again you are not the one determines nobody heart god is if you see you supposed to see spiritually and if you still acting like you don't need to apologize you ain't spiritually you fleshly my son was wrong but i had to bow down and apologize because i am who i am in god did he mess up again yes he did but i didn't kick him out the house i said stop right there let's talk about this cuz i am who i am in him god didn't throw me away he didn't throw me out he loved on me he loved on me We supposed to love on one another regardless of what anybody do. We supposed to love on them, but they supposed to respect you and you supposed to tell them out of love like I told my son. If you're going to stay in this house, you're going to respect me and your dad and he told him the same thing and guess what? He respected us until it was time for him to get out by. But to this day, he still respects us. He still show respect. Why? Because God showed us how to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. He didn't throw us away. Why are we throwing everybody away? Cuz we don't want to deal with it. Some people don't know how to deal with confrontation, so they don't want to but they want to preach. 
How can you preach to people that's worse off than what's in your house? But you don't want that in your house. It starts at home. God raised you up from your house to the courthouse, to the White House, to this house. If you can't deal with home, you can't deal with people up in here. Quit faking it. Quit telling somebody something that you don't want to deal with. Come on. We're going to continue on talking about the heart because y'all, it's real. It's real. Let's work on our hearts. Amen. Anything else before we dismiss? Anything else? Y'all so quiet. Okay. Renee, can you dismiss us?